Welcome to the Farce FM podcast, episode 125. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by Professor Denise Baden, Professor of Sustainable Business at Southampton Business School and first announced speaker at Forest's Conscious Hair and Beauty event in London this coming August. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. So before we jump into this episode, remember how I mentioned the hailstorm in Mexico in a previous, I think it was two weeks ago or something? Episode 122, I think it was, you brought it up, maybe just a bit off by an episode or two. Yeah, something like that. Well, we've seen a lot of uh, heat waves also going around. And I think like these things are just going to happen more and more. And just about a week ago, even if we look at the south of France, the temperature hit 45.9 degrees Celsius, which is kind of an all-time record and definitely not a good one. Now, like, according to scientists, planting billions of trees across the world is by far the biggest and cheapest way to tackle the climate crisis. But on a smaller scale, it's each and everyone's responsibility to make changes in their own lives, even more so if you run a business, I think, anyways. Um, At Forest, I know we have the whole Forest Rare initiative going on, but based off, say, what Jenny Lawson of Mimosa Beauty was saying on the show about a year and a half ago, salons and spas can also make changes in the way that they run their businesses uh, and bring more sustainability in the balance now it's just kind of where do you get started with it you know yeah exactly and that's what we're hoping to figure out today by introducing professor denise baden who teaches and researches in the area of sustainability ethics and corporate social responsibility but she also provides free resources to educate about sustainable practices and certifications for hairdressers and salons so denise thank you very much for joining us on the show today Pleasure to be here, Killeen. And this is all in prep for your talk with Conscious Hair and Beauty coming up soon, isn't it? So we get a little preview of what we can expect there. Yes, yes, looking forward to it. So the hair and beauty sector, it's somewhat of a niche sector to begin with. The fact that you specialised in sustainability in salons is even more kind of niche. Why is this something you had close to your heart? Well... I don't think it's niche because, you know, all of us, you know, gifted with hair, (laughs) Um, you know, we, we wash our hair, our hair matters to us immensely. We visit the hairdresser. So it's something that is part of our everyday lives. And hairdressers probably use more electricity and chemicals and waste than most other industries. And they also talk to more people. Um, than probably most other occupations. So they're really well placed to make substantial savings in their carbon footprint, but also advise their clients on how they can make savings. So they seem an obvious occupation to pick, actually. I suppose that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, you've got that whole kind of talking in the chair um, environment. So if there's anyone that's going to share knowledge, it's probably going to be your hair. Because you listen to your hairdresser, you listen exactly. to your beautician, because you're getting advice to dealing with chemicals and stuff. You want to make sure it's the right advice. And that's very important because when you look at research in how to sort of get people to behave more sustainably, you find that the biggest predictor of behavior isn't necessarily their attitudes or their knowledge. It's what they did before. It's their habits. So where do you get the habits in the first place? Well, when it comes to hair care, it's your hairdresser. So it's a really good place to go. So on that research, because you actually did a talk about this a few years ago on TEDx titled What Hairdressers Can Tell Us About Sustainability. That's right. Was that one of the biggest, I suppose, insights you found about the research or was there a few things that came out of that? Um, A lot of the research surprised me, (laughs) So, uh, which is great. Um, One of the things when we first started this, 
we kind of assumed that things like hair drying and hair straightening would be the ones with the highest energy costs and carbon footprint. But when we did some research, it turned out that actually heating water is the most energy intensive thing that goes on in hairdressing salons and also in our homes. So for example, for we could leave our television on all day for the same energy cost as a 10 minute shower. And so learning that heating water was the most energy intensive aspect, that's where we then started to focus our ideas and suggestions. So that was a big surprise. What would you say were the, I suppose, top three insights from, say, the TED Talk if someone hadn't seen it on YouTube? Um, well, one of the things is that when we talked to hairdressers to begin with, we wanted to find out what ideas they had. I mean, they're immersed in the business. So unless you can come up with ideas that they agree with, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> and we found very quickly some win-wins. So reducing the amount of hot water also reduced energy bills, which was great. It reduced water bills, which was great. It's better for clients' hair because neither the planet nor your bills nor your hair actually like an awful lot of hot water or chemicals going through them. It's also better for the skin. So, um, you know, once you can get hair routines that use less water um, and require, say, maybe less blow drying, um, it saves time as well. It's also more convenient. So having those win-wins was really good because then there's numerous reasons to reduce the use of hot water. So, for example, if you use um, leave-in conditioner, for certain types of hair, it's really great. If you've got fine hair, it gives extra body, but it also saves an extra rinse, which for long hair can be quite a long time. Mm, true. Uh, we did some research on using conditioner at all. And um, we found that 40% of people said it made no difference if they use conditioner. And these were people who normally used it every time. And they tried it and they said it made no difference. 30% said their hair was better for not using any conditioner. And 30% said it was worse. Now, if you go, you know, and I'll, I'll challenge the people listening, next time you wash your hair, try going without conditioner. It will feel awful while it's still wet, but check it when it's dry and then make your decision. And there's a 70% chance it will make no difference or actually be better. So straight away, you've used less product, less resource, saved money and so on. That is an interesting one about kind of the save and product because in this industry, if I'm going to go get my hair done, I kind of want that like pampering feeling. I want that yes. sensation of if you're going to wash my hair with shampoo, I, I want to see all the suds. I want it like <laughs> as much product in there as possible. Same with gel, things like those. Yeah. So if we were to turn around and say use less products, is that not kind of counterintuitive of providing an excellent customer experience? Well, I completely agree. You go to your hairdresser to be pampered, but you can also go to be educated. And one of the pieces of research I've done found that one of the main motivations for hairdressers getting engaged in this was they want to feel like professionals. Yeah. You know, they don't want to feel like a blonde with scissors. You know, they want to feel like they're giving professional client advice. And actually, the stuff that makes your shampoo foam, so full oral sulfate, is not great for your hair. It strips it of all the oils you need to keep your hair healthy and to keep your skin healthy. So it feels good. We've been educated to think that we need lots of suds, but actually we've been missold that. 
we're much better off having fewer suds, less shampoo. Most of us use way more shampoo than is good for our hair or skin. So there's an education aspect. So one of the things we did to follow up on this, um, because obviously, first and foremost, you want to please your clients, is we did a survey of close on 800 clients. And we asked them, where do your hair habits come from? And we found most of them came from the hairdresser. And would you like your hairdresser to talk to you about these kinds of issues, environmental issues, you know, healthy hair care issues? And, you know, the vast majority said yes, which kind of reassured us there's a kind of silent demand from clients. Not many will openly say, I want you to, you know, be more environmentally friendly with my hair care. But when we asked them, I think it was like 79% said yes, actually, we, we do feel that way. And this was before the Blue Planet episode and the dead baby whale came out, if you remember that. Since then, we've had so many hairdressers get in touch saying, the clients are asking us now, they really care, what can I do for them? Um, but to answer your question, Killian, it, you're right. There's other ways you can pamper your clients. So you can say, for example, I'm only going to shampoo your hair once because I can see you've been over shampooing it. Your hair is quite dry. It's quite brittle. That's all you need to do. But I'm going to give you an extra head massage or massage this in. So you can educate them about their own hair care practices while still giving them the service. And then they feel that you really care about the quality of their hair. That that is interesting because while I said um, I want to see more foam and yes. I want all the product <laughs> in, what you said there about kind of the sulfic acid going in, um, it, it actually kind yeah. of reminded me that came from the book The Power of Habits, didn't it? Where yes. with the toothpaste and stuff like that, when we see foaming, whether it's washing up liquids, hand gel, it's actually done to make us feel like it's doing better, isn't it? So yes. essentially less is actually more. And I think if you look at it in the historical context, so perhaps in the 50s or whatever, women especially, they might go to the hair salon once a week and get it properly set and they wouldn't touch it for a week. Yeah. And then you come back, obviously, then you have to shampoo it twice to get rid of all the product. But now people are washing their hair more often. You don't need to be shampooing it twice. You don't need to be using much shampoo um, and you don't need to be shampooing it as often. Only if you, say, work in a fish and chip shop or <laughs> put tons of product you need to shampoo, rinse and repeat. And um, you'll find now the default advice coming through training is to shampoo just once unless you have particular need to do it twice. Yeah. So for salons and spas, is there a way to compete with bigger companies who have way more resources to becoming eco-friendly or making eco-friendlier choices at least? Um Yes, yeah, so I think it's a misunderstanding that to be eco-friendly, you have to spend more money. In fact, usually it's the reverse. So, yet yeah, there are some uh, companies that sell sort of especially eco-friendly shampoos or organic shampoos, and, and they're, they're wonderful, great if you can afford them, but, um, and they do push the price up. But it's not all about the, the product, it's about the practices. And I think there's been some research that says 1% investment in behavior change leads to 10% reduction in costs. So, for example, pretty well all trainees use too much shampoo. <laughs> so, just training them to use less. Again, um, switching taps off between use, not using a full kettle, sort of. There's loads of switching to LED lights is an instant payback 
Um, I think within about a month, you get your money back. Um, eco shower heads that restrict the flow on the taps and on the showers. They're great. I've had sort of salons come to me and one of them said, oh, we didn't use to better run the hot water on both our sinks at the same time, but now we've got those. Now they both run. And they put bubbles in the water, which reduces the flow, feels beautiful on the client's hair and skin. And again, the payback is, is a, you know, about a month or two. So these are things that um, is minimal investment and you save money straight away. So I would say... We've got our sustainable salons certification scheme and to do to get your certificate, all you need to do is work through our virtual salon on our website, uh, which is ecoherandbeauty.com. And that takes 30 to 45 minutes. And if you pick up all the suggestions there, um, we've worked out that your typical small salon would save um, about £5,000. So mostly from reductions in hot water, um, also from reductions in energy, from lighting and, and so on. So you'll save money. Um, it's not something that you need to be a big company to do. So it's actually turned the whole stigma of going eco is going to cost you more money on the flip side to say, actually, you're going to save a lot more money. I know. And sometimes people think, oh, if you're buying a green product, you're necessarily paying more for it or it's going to be less good for you. But in this case, the green hairdressing products generally are much better and kinder for your hair and skin. So they're higher quality. Some of the green products do cost more, but the green practices we promote will save you tons of money. Um, so, and that's not just for the salons, it's for the clients as well. So um, one of the reasons it's been quite successful, our sustainable salon scheme, is because it saves money. So let's say we've gone through and we've done your certificate and we've implemented, I suppose, our, the new um, tools in place in the salon, like the LED, the shower head you were talking about. Yeah. But one thing that it's like at the start of any initiative or any big idea that we ever hear, everyone's on mm -hmm. board from the start. Yes. And then about a week to a month later, the mindsets are just gone. They're yes. Like, it, they've moved on to the next shiny thing. Everything that you've worked so hard, this big idea, let's become eco-friendly. It's great for the first few weeks and then people have just kind of dropped the ball on it. Mm -hmm. How do we, I suppose, fix that? And it's kind of funny I say fix it for the mindset because it's the opposite to the fixed mindset that we're talking about. Um, how do we keep that, I suppose, drive going? Yeah, um, well, I think as you see savings in your water bills and savings in your energy bills, straight away, that's a motivator. Mm -hmm. So probably the amount you spend heating hot water is going to be your, your major cost, I would have thought, uh, in terms of bills. So that should go down massively. <laughs> so that's going to be a constant motivator. I think you'll find now, I've been in this business a long time. Um, promoting green behavior. And mostly it's been an uphill struggle. But the last year, I'd say it's progressing faster and faster and faster. And people who never cared now do. Yeah. So I think if you're not on top of it, um, you're, you're, you're not going to be in tune with, with your customers. And I also think that the idea, you know, Back, you know, 50, 60 years ago, we kind of thought the more chemicals, the better. And I think now we're learning more and more that actually the fewer chemicals, the, the, the better for our health. So an, another thing that's helpful is hairdressers suffer way more than the general population with things like skin allergies, 
asthma, don't want to scare anybody, but cancer. Um, and it's because the chemicals are really harsh and really toxic. So yes, there might be a higher expense in going for less toxic products and more organic products, but they pay off in terms of the, any, uh, the hairdresser's own health and safety. I had one uh, salon in Limington say the moment they switched to organic, um, the, the hairdresser's d- dermatitis cleared up straight away. Well, they're supposed to wear gloves, but they don't mostly. <laughs> so I suppose the two things there is, first and foremost, a salon owner is going to see a drastic reduction in their overheads and their bills. That's always going to be the win. Yes. Um, I suppose my biggest concern then would have been kind of getting the staff on board, but keeping that motivation. And you've just explained that there by their general health is going to improve. There's going to yes. be a lot less of those chemicals in the air that affect your breathing, affect your skin. So... Then you were saying kind of people are becoming more environmentally aware, as in their clients. How do we go about educating our clients then? Because this is comes back to what we said at the start of the show, where the salon industry is looking in the sense of you do have that kind of conversation throughout the service. So how do you share that education then? Yes, I'm really glad you asked that because I've recently come back from a trip to Malta where we were trying to sort of spread our virtual salon and sustainable salon certification there. And um, Natural Health Malta are doing a similar thing and they're going to put eco tips on the mirror of the um, the, the salons and see if that sparks conversation. So maybe a different eco tip on each mirror or, or every week, like, you know, shampoo once rather than rinse and repeat, or have you tried dry shampoo or, um, you know, things like that. Have you tried leaving conditioner? Have you tried going without conditioner? Have you tried leaving an extra day between shampooing? Um, to see spark these kinds of conversations, and, and get them talking about that. So we're doing a little bit of research. So it's very early days. I can't report on it yet <laughs> <laughs> to see how clients re- uh, respond to that. That's cool. Yeah, that's very that's interesting. Cool. I, I wouldn't be surprised actually to see a good uptake on that. Just if you look at, you know, hotels and stuff, when they started putting, let us know if you want to change your towels or not and all that kind of stuff that like it's social behavior. But if you're encouraged yes. to know that a lot of people have done this before, then you tend to... Uh-huh follow suit. And it's nice because sometimes, you know, you're not sure what to say to your hairdresser. You might not have a holiday you're about to go on or or see the latest episode of a TV series. And it's it's a conversation starter as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Salons could even use that to their advantage from a marketing perspective. Yes. Um, With their social media posts, they could put those tips out through social media or a lot of pubs um, over here. Well, I'm sure a lot of kind of bars and pubs have done it in a lot of countries. They've stopped using plastic straws and have kind of started talking about this initiative that they're going to replace them with the um, horrible paper ones. But I suppose it is better. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you could explain why you're doing these tips and you yes. can even have like a sticker in the salon saying like we're making an effort and yeah. people are so aware of it nowadays that that is actually, they're going to buy into that a lot quicker. Well, that's one of the reasons we launched the Sustainable Salon Certification. So it's free. I mean, we were funded by the Economic and Social Research Council. So it's a government funded thing through the university. So it's free and Really, like I said, all the um, stylists need to do is go through the virtual salon and that proves them that they've been exposed to all the information and ideas and tips. 
Uh, we designed it like a game. It's, it's quite fun. And then once a salon stylist is certified, they can then self-certify as a sustainable salon and, and tick all the practices they're engaged in. And then they've got a nice little certificate they can put up in their salon. And then we promote them as well. So we promote them via social media, uh, Habia as well do and VTCT. So um, people then know we've got a sustainable salon locator this they can find out where their nearest sustainable salon is that's really cool and there's also like a lot of awards um are starting to recognize eco-friendly and sustainable businesses even in the hair and beauty space so yeah yeah i've noticed that it's it's definitely on board and i i think it's good for hairdressers to feel they're part of the solution not part of the problem and you know they are a caring profession you know they're right at the heart of, of people's behavior. So they're a perfect group to target. So if we're looking at, say, Conscious Hair and Beauty, August 18th, for people looking at attending, what can they expect of your talk at the conference? Well, I can talk about specific uh, tips that they can do. I can talk about um, different products and practices and technologies and those that are brand new and they're just coming on board. I can talk about our research with clients and what we've done and our research in terms of the environmental and cost footprint of the, the different practices. So hopefully that should be of interest to any salon owner who wants to save money feel they're sort of being environmentally responsible and be in tune with what, what clients want, to, want to, to do, want to know about. This is probably a must-go-to event at this stage. Like just even doing this interview, just kind of the, the few tips that you've shared there have already been incredible. And like we said, you're saving money by doing this. I think that's probably one of, selfishly, probably one of the biggest things about going green is the, the savings. Well, I've had some wonderful feedback. So I was in a pub the other day and this woman, um, gorgeous hair, was there with her daughter. And she said, oh, I saw you on the TED Talk. You know, I've given up shampoo entirely now and I just use conditioner. And I think I've got a picture of her on our Facebook page because her hair was lustrous. And I had another person come up to me the other day and it was a man. He just opened his man bag. He said, look in there. And there was some dry shampoo. He said, that's from your TED talk. <laughs> he says, it saves me so much time. I do my hair on the way to work now rather than he lives with like loads of women and he's like, I can never get in the bathroom. <laughs> I, uh, I personally can't wait for this episode to live, go live because I do live with three women as well. Yeah. <laughs> the shower. I have one bottle of shampoo. It's a two in one and one bottle of shower gel. Yeah. But yet the shower is full of different products. <laughs> so I'll be buying leave-in shampoo for everyone. While you're talking shower gel, that's another thing that um, I think people are beginning to catch on to the fact that bar soaps and tablet soaps are much better for your skin. So shower gel is really drying on your skin, really drying and very aging as well. And um, also it's much less environmentally friendly because you've got all the plastic that it comes in. So um, another thing I would say is switch to those soap bars rather than than shower gel. And I think um, some companies are now doing the shampoo soap bars. I know Lush does one. So it avoids the packaging issue. 
I mean, there's so many myths as well about some of these these products. So one of the things, one of the most difficult things I ever had to do for this project was to let my grey grow out to prove that organic hair colour worked. So I had to let my grey roots and I went to this sort of big hairdressing event and there were hairdressers rummaging through my roots saying, you'll never get that out with organic hair colour. Yeah. <laughs> and so they did it then and then. This was um, Herb UK who do an or- or organics range. And it was great and it did, it worked really well and it was the best hair colour I ever had. And I was, um, yeah, we're really happy to give them a plug because their hair colour worked and it was the best hair colour that, that I'd used. So, But that was a myth that was floating around and hopefully I've, I've put paid to that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this, Killian, you and I earlier. It's just like becoming eco-friendly. I feel like people don't see the results like soon enough for people to get on board fast. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like this whole reward system. It's like if I donate to a charity, yeah. I need to know what impact my donation has instantly, nearly. And it is a selfish kind of act because we're not just happy with donating or uh, giving to a good cause until we actually see, I suppose, that ROI, the return on investment yeah. instantly. And that's what makes so hard with environmental campaigns. Yeah, because everything takes so much longer. Well, I think that's why it's good that sustainable hair practices are also healthier for you. So that's a selfish reason to uh, be using less shampoo and standing under the shower less and using f- fewer chemicals on your body. Do you have any other kind of myth busters that you could recite off, um, maybe just to educate our listeners beforehand? Yes, I do. So one of the things we were keen to promote was dry shampoo because I think 93% of the carbon footprint of shampoo is in the hot water. So, of course, you know, you use dry shampoo that's gone straight away. And it also makes hair very easy to style. It's convenient, time-saving and so on. So there's all kinds of reasons to use it. But we came across one myth that it makes your hair fall out. And I got called up by this journalist from the Daily Mail and she said, I wanted to know if you knew anything about this or had any research. And I said, well, what research have you found? And she says, none. She says, it seems like there's no evidence for this. And the person who had it actually had a problem anyway, and it was just coincidence. Um, So I said, well, I've heard no reason behind this, and, and I've looked into it. What was shocking, though, was when I read the article she wrote, it implied that it did cause your hair to fall out. But that's the the Daily Mail for you. They like to basically hype up fear. (laughs) So I was furious about that because she'd said to me herself that she'd found no evidence and and the tiny thing she had found, you know, was absolutely no base in fact. So I can bust that myth. Dry shampoo does not make your hair fall out. Um, I wouldn't use it every single day, but I think it's a great one to perhaps use once a week to sort of extend the life of your shampoo. Absolutely perfect for that. Would talcum powder be another kind of alternative to that? Just the same. All it does is mop up the oil, really. You just, you know, you can spray it on or there's some powdery ones and it just mops up the oil and you brush it out. And it gives it that extra body, which is great. If you want to style your hair and you've just washed it, it's actually really hard. (laughs) Whereas it's much easier if you use dry shampoo. So it's great for that. And um, yeah, you just put it in and brush it out. And talcum powder, I think, probably would do the job just as well. So Professor Baden, we were going to wrap it up with the Mythbusters, but I have to ask, 
If we want to get in contact with you now, or if we want to check out that virtual salon ourselves, how do we how do we go about doing this? All right. Well, if you just type my name in, Denise Baden, it will come up and you'll get my details. Um, but you can also contact us through the website, which is www.ecoherandbeauty.com. And you'll also find the virtual salon there. So all the resources there, we've got PowerPoints, carbon footprint calculator, product tips, the virtual salon, how to get a sustainable stylist certificate. All that is freely available on the website. And if you've heard anything here that you'd like to try out, like if you'd like to be part of our research into whether or not putting eco tips and post-its on your mirrors uh, before and after study, please get in touch. It would be really nice to have a variety of hair salons sort of testing out this this for us so we can report back. And in return, we can give you uh, you know some publicity and thanks and so on and promote it on social media. No better reason. Yeah, that sounds lovely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure and I hope uh, we'll get a few more salons on board with becoming a bit more eco-friendly at least. I'd love to see what people are saying online. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much for joining us, Professor Baden. Thank you. It's, it's been great. Thinking of switching salon software companies but fear the migration process? How long will it take? What happens to my staff and clients' details or my roster? Look, when you sign up for Forest Salon Software, it's our mission to transfer your data from your previous provider smoothly and safely onto your new one, us. Manage, market, and grow your business with Forest Salon Software. Visit forest.com for more details. So that was Professor Denise Baden talking about sustainability in the salon. And I have to say, this episode is just a preview of what you can expect at the Conscious Hair and Beauty event in London. Like the advice and I suppose even kind of the results and research that she shared with us in this episode. I can only imagine what you can expect to get at that show. Oh yeah, golden nuggets all along. <laughs> golden nuggets, yeah. But like, it doesn't even sound that hard to kind of make the switch. Like we said during the episode, there was that kind of stigma around it's going to be really expensive and I basically have to pull my cell on apart and reinstall a load of different things. But it's actually not the case. It's quite easy to do and she's going to share all the different tools that you can implement in your salon like the shower head that alone making that change yeah actually i did just make that change in my own apartment about six months ago which i'm quite happy about it's lovely it's lovely on the hair the one with Trust the bubbles yeah, yeah yeah absolutely it's lovely on the hair you guys should try it in the salon um <laughs> and even right down to the soap bar like yeah so like i i don't know why i stopped using a soap bar um maybe it's because you know when you leave it on the draining board but the feeling you get from using a soap bar instead of the gel is so much better anyway you just use one of those um what did they call them it was like a luff thing yeah <laughs> am i getting this right yeah <laughs> i think it's something like that i never yeah. know the name properly in english but yeah simple little <laughs> things and talcum or dry shampoo like again just small little tips and advice that go a long way yeah, see, the thing is, like a lot of people, when they think big change, they think really huge, big changes, you know, like if you take the example of, say, even Jenny, Jenny went through this whole transformation, but she had this vision. She wanted to do this whole big transformation for the salon to be entirely eco-friendly. But if that's not something that you can do, or it's not something that you want to do in the next like 
say year or two or five, there are so many other small things that you can put together that will have a massive impact, positive impact on the environment. And today is probably the most urgent phases of, you know, becoming eco-friendly because we're just like seeing so many more heat waves, so many more storms that don't happen where they're supposed to. And it's just, you can tell that there's an urgency to all of this. Well, let's face it, like we talked about in the episode where when you kind of donate to these initiatives, you don't see an instant return on investment. So sometimes you'll kind of put these off and maybe donate to a charity where you see a direct impact. With this, you're making small changes in the salon that visually and physically you see. So there's no real excuse there. It's not like donating to a charity and you can't see it. You see this impact in your salon. Like Professor Baden said, in a month, two months time, you'll see your bills drastically decrease. This is going to become a government initiative where businesses are going to have to start putting these processes in place. Why not leverage the time now and use this as like a marketing advantage? First mover. First mover, millennials are so aware of this. Like they're actively campaigning about this. You saw with the schools, the schools going out um, Mm -hmm. protest and this is what they want. So if you can leverage that and say that you're the first salon in your town or in your area that's eco-friendly or is making the effort to make these changes, you're going to be the one that they're going to want to go to. Exactly, yeah. And now for our Inside Forest segment, we have Forest Academy coming up first. Exactly. So Forest Academy is your one-stop education shop. It's our online learning portal full of fun, interactive and bite-sized self-taught training courses covering each and every area of your forest system. So what exactly is it? Well, with Forest Academy, you can go in and do interactive online and on-demand training. You can learn on the go. So where we do live training at the moment with trainers, you can actually get the app and just self-teach yourself new areas of the forest feature or upskill yourself if you've got new staff members. We'll get them signed up on Forest Academy and they can just learn on as they go. It's a library of regularly added and updated courses. And best of all, you'll get Forest Academy certified for each course you complete. And then we have Conscious Hair and Beauty, which is taking place on Sunday, August 18th and has for theme sustainability in the salon industry and personal wellness. Now, all of Professor Baden's links, the ones that she was saying about, you know, the virtual salon and all of those, they're all going to be in the episode's notes. Uh, The link to get your tickets to Conscious Hair and Beauty, if you're in the London area, that's also going to be in the episode's notes. And then we have the Salon Owners Summit 2020, our flagship event in Dublin. It's taking place once again this year at the Convention Center. Uh, The theme is See Your Salon with a 2020 Vision. The first announced speaker, you know her already. We've had her on the show a couple times. Stephanie Fox Jackson. Uh, she's a motivational speaker. She's a generational leadership expert as well. She has spent 15 years building teams and educating leaders on the changes in today's workforce. She's also the founder of Canvas Salon and Skin Bar, a five-time recipient of the top 200 salons in America. And she's the founder of Salon Collab. Now, her talk at the summit will be all about team building. So the workforce has changed and you have to change with them or you're going to be left behind. And uh, in her session, you'll learn why the most recent generations are showing up differently and what it takes to build a team in today's fast-paced, option-filled world. She'll dive into key understandings of the millennial and Generation Z employees and talk about how you recruit the top talent for your business. So that is not to miss. If you want to request a callback for tickets, you'll have the link in the episode's notes as well, or you can head over to the Forest blog for more information about the 
2020 Summit. To wrap up this segment, we have the Salon Mentorship Hub, which is a place to connect with industry mentors, coaches, and consultants. So whether you're a forest client or not, and whatever you're struggling with in the salon, if you want to have a chat about it with someone uh, who can help you see the challenge from a new perspective, head over to salonmentors.forest.com, where you can book yourself in for a free 15 to 30 minute consultation on a topic of your choosing. As you know, we've done over 100 of these episodes now, helping you kind of bridge the gap between salon business and technology and a host of other business and marketing ideas and tips. And it goes far beyond that. So if this podcast has helped your business and you want to pay it forward to someone else in the trade, you've only got until July the 31st, 2019 to cast your votes for Forest FM at the Podcast Awards 2019. You can click the link in this blurb and give us a vote. And well, that's all we got for this week, guys. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, please send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.